You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to. A busy show ahead on a Tuesday. Comments from Tom Homo yesterday with a, essentially a state of the program speech on BYU Sports Nation. We'll get to some of his comments. Also need to talk about some of the news that I helped break yesterday. Devontae Henry Cole will not be a BYU Cougar this fall and instead intends to be a Utah State Aggie. We'll discuss that and what it might mean for BYU's offense and the running back position group by extension on today's show. And we'll also catch up on the player countdown series as well. The best Cougars tour in the number 45 and the number 44 as we catch up after missing yesterday. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday, like I said. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends over at Biomat USA a plasma resources company. They need your donations. We'll tell you a little bit more about them a little bit later on on today's podcast. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 21st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. Our aim on this show is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button, so that way you never miss an episode of this podcast as we talk about the Cougars each and every day. Starting off today's show, wanted to talk a little bit about BYU and with regards to the running back position because news yesterday as I helped break, actually my good friend Austin Horton at the Zone Sports Network had the original report, so all credit goes to him, uh, put it out there that Devontae Henry Cole will not enroll, will not play for BYU this fall after being announced as a graduate transfer this past recruiting cycle and will instead enroll at the, U- at, not the Utah State University, at Utah State University and suit up for the Aggies football program this fall. Now, on its head, that seems like a pretty sizable loss for the BYU football program. There's no doubt about it. I will say this. I do think in terms of raw talent, in terms of just the sheer raw talent, DHC is the best overall running back on BYU's roster, or was on BYU's roster. Now, that being said... Are there guys capable of replacing him in BYU's lineup? I wholeheartedly believe that as well. I think that Devontae Henry Cole, a lot of people had him penciled in as the quote-unquote starting running back or the bell cow running back for BYU this fall. But I'm not going to lie. Looking at Devontae Henry Cole, his history at the University of Utah, his size, five foot nine, and probably generously listed at 195 or 200 pounds, depending on where you look, I didn't think he was built to be the lead back, to be a guy that was Jamal Williams or early last season, a Tyson Williams. I didn't believe that's what he was going to be. I always thought all along that Devontae Henry Cole would be part of a rotation for BYU, and that would include guys like Lopini Katoa, uh, Sione Finau whenever he is healthy, Jackson McChesney, and Tyler Algier to a degree as well. Now, with a guy like Devontae Henry Cole moving on, that means there will be more reps for guys like a Jackson McChesney and a Tyler Algier. And whenever Sione Finau is cleared to return to action, he obviously will pick, help pick up the slack as well. I look at this and I feel like it's an opportunity for these running backs to really go out and make a name for themselves and prove themselves to BYU fans this fall. 
I'm not going to lie. I think a number of people responding to my original report on Twitter yesterday, you can follow me if you want to, at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to interact with you guys on social media. Some people were very upset saying, well, what's BYU going to do at running back now? Well, here's the thing. It's now an opportunity for guys like Lopini Katoa, who feels like he probably has been overlooked his entire career as a Cougar. He's now a junior this year and probably will be the quote-unquote starting running back for BYU, probably get maybe 15 carries a game, etc. He's going to be joined by guys like Tyler Algier and Jackson McChesney and even an incoming freshman like a Bruce Garrett. He's obviously going to be looking at saying, you know what, I've got an opportunity now. I've automatically slotted myself up one spot on the BYU depth chart. I look at it, and now it's uh, proving time for BYU football. Obviously, there's a lot of concerns if the football season will actually go off. Currently, BYU only scheduled to start their season on October 2nd against Utah State University. Imagine that. A guy who left the University of Utah, went to BYU ostensibly to face off against his former team in the first game of the season, then decides to jump to the other in-state school without so much as playing it down for the Cougars, goes and joins the Aggies, and that could potentially be BYU's first game this fall. Man, imagine the storylines that game would hold, but I digress. I look at it and I get the, the there's some apprehension about BYU's ability to fill their running back depth chart now. But I think that it always was going to be a depth, uh, excuse me, it was always going to be a by committee approach for the BYU running backs this year. I didn't think that on the roster they had a guy who was the quote unquote bell cow or the lead running back. That was the the guy you thought, okay, that guy gets 20 carries a game, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I never thought that that guy was on the roster this year. I know BYU did their due diligence looking in the NCAA transfer portal. They've looked in the JC ranks. They've tried to recruit guys that they think can become that type of a player, but they're probably a year or so away. Do I think that Lopini Katoa is built to be uh, Jamal Williams? Absolutely not. Do I think that Jackson McChesney is that type of guy? No. But do I think a guy like Tyler Algier? No, I don't think he is either. But I think the sum total of all the parts at running back for BYU, if you'll go with me on this, is each of their strengths. Let's say a guy like uh, Sione Fino. He has the ability to be a one-cut runner when he's healthy at BYU, and he proved that against the likes of Boise State last year. Just became a dynamic player that I thought was on his way to being one of the best running backs on BYU's roster. There's no reason he can't be, but he's got to get back from that ACL tear before he can really prove that once again. I think a guy like Tyler Algier uh, proves that he can be the kind of that tough yardage guy that you need to get two or three yards. He can put his head down and get that for you. Jackson McChesney, as he proved against UMass, you give him an opportunity and he will take off and he'll be down the field like, a, like that. You probably heard that snap, hopefully. He is lightning quick. A guy like Lopini Katoa, his best ability is actually to play on the perimeter, whether that's catching the ball out of the backfield, making breaks to the outside, off tackle, or outside the tight end, that area, running the ball. I think all of these guys, when you put them all together, the sum total of their skill sets fit together quite nicely, and it should allow BYU to actually make up and maybe exceed what Devontae Henry Cole was going to be bring to BYU. As I said in the open, do I think that Devontae Henry Cole is a loss for BYU? There's absolutely no doubt about it. I think he might have been the most physically gifted running back on BYU's roster, but he's decided he wants to go elsewhere, and you can't fault a young man. These are these are young men, let's recall this. Most of them in their early 20s. Think back to when you were in your early 20s. I know some of our listeners aren't even 20 yet, but for those of you that are a little bit older, 
you know how indecisive that period of life can be. I look back on it. It's, I'm a decade removed from that time period. And I still think about the indecisive nature I, I had about myself at that point. So wish nothing but the best for Devonte Henry Cole. We'll see if, and when he does land with Utah state, if they play football this year, if they face off against BYU, there's all kinds of storylines built into that game, obviously, and we'll be looking forward to it. But I think that as it stands right now, BYU should be able to navigate this loss, and I think it's an opportunity for the rest of the running backs on BYU's roster this year to put a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and say, you know what? A lot of people don't believe in us. Let's go out and make them believers. Let's prove them wrong. And I think that's the positive news coming out of all of this. And like I said, we'll be tracking this going forward. Whenever the official announcement comes from Utah State about the addition of Devontae Henry Cole, we'll bring that to you. So we'll have it all covered for you. So make sure to join us here each and every day as we talk BYU sports. All right, coming up here in just a second, wanted to get to a couple of highlights from the BYU Sports Nation appearance by BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. Uh, BYU Media Day was supposed to be yesterday. It was postponed. We don't know exactly when it's going to take place or if it's going to take place, but he had some comments in a quote-unquote state-of-the-program speech with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU TV. We'll get to some of the highlights from that conversation next and coming up a little bit later on. We'll get to our player countdown series, the best Cougars to have worn the number 45 and the number 44 who are they? Who did you guys vote for? We'll get to all of that coming up. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today and talk to you about our good friends at Biomat USA. They're a plasma resources company or plasma donation center in Orem, Utah. And I can tell you this much, guys, right now, they need every bit of every donation they can possibly muster at this point. I can tell you guys this much. COVID-19 obviously has been raging all over the world, especially hard hit here in the United States. Griffles, the parent company of our good friends at Biomat USA, is actually one of the leaders in looking into how convalescent plasma or the plasma of those who have recovered from COVID-19 might be able to factor into helping develop vaccines and treatments for this virus. Obviously, that is one part of what they're doing. The other donations they need, they just need everyday donations because all of the donations that Biomat USA takes, that plasma that they take, goes into life-saving medications and for treatments for your fellow man. The best part about it all, they will pay you for your donations. So think about it. It's a win-win scenario. You're donating your plasma. You're helping out other people in need, whether it's with COVID-19 or whether just with other issues that they have in their lives. And meanwhile, you're putting cash into your pocket. A lot of people still struggling financially amidst the current downturn due to COVID-19. This is an opportunity to line your pocket with some cash. And like I said, help out other people while you're doing it. So check out our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right across the street from the University Mall. They're right near Big Five Sporting Goods right there on that corner. If you know where that's at, near Sizzler, you know exactly where I'm talking about in Orem. Stop by anytime. They're open from the early morning. I'm talking really early, 5 a.m. if I'm not mistaken, and open until 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Be happy to treat you guys and make sure you're taken care of. They'll treat you like family. Tell them that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. And make sure that Cameron, our good friend, knows that you stopped by as well. So that's our good friends at Biomat USA. You can call them anytime if you have any questions as well. You want to learn more about the donation process, etc. Feel free to check that out. Give them a call. 801-235-9800 is their phone number. Once again, the address from our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, phone number 801-235-9800. Go visit our friends at Biomat USA, donate some plasma, and and put some money back in your pocket.
It's not very often we get to hear from Tom Homo himself. There's a lot of speculation regarding BYU's athletic director. We all know that. He speaks to the media at large once a year during his annual media roundtable. He sits down with all the local media and answers their questions. But he actually sat down with BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV yesterday. And yesterday was supposed to be BYU Football Media Day. And obviously that got postponed due to the lack of games on BYU's schedule currently. And we don't know when it's going to be rescheduled. That's the plain and simple truth of the matter. But he did sit down with BYU Sports Nation to have his quote-unquote state of the program that he usually does during BYU Media Day. And some interesting conversations came out of it. First things first, obviously a lot of people are wondering what's going on with Tom and his day-to-day life as the athletic director for BYU and how he's kind of navigating everything going on amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, here's what he had to say about that. The typical day, actually, it's pretty routine. And that's one of the things that when this all went down in March and we saw the NCAA men's basketball tournament canceled, we got our leadership team together and we said, we just got to we got to chart a course that's going to lead to when we come back. And I think that what we've done every day is try to have a little bit of a routine. Uh, personally, I think and individually, it's important to keep my focus and my um, my health. There, there's a lot of things going on mentally and emotionally and physically, and people are losing it. But I feel really good about the way our teams hold together. And it looks like every day what we've tried to do is find out about best practices around the country. We're on Zoom calls most of the day. We're uh, communicating with our internal people. And it seems like most days what we're trying to do is take a step forward, not just be in a quagmire or stupor, just stranded. We want to move forward. And it seems like most days we've been able to take a small step forward. But on some days, you take three steps back because of the news around you. And in recent weeks, just the uncertainty of all the things surrounding sports and our country for that matter, there's been a little bit of stall, a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of looking around and a little bit of questioning where we go from here. There you go, Tom Homo saying that Days aren't actually all that different as athletic director, but he talked about the fact that he wants to see small steps of improvement each day for BYU, but I'm glad at the very end, though, he did say that, hey, there are still a lot of question marks about where we go from here. I understand that BYU doesn't have all the answers, and I don't think they'll ever have all of the right answers regarding the upcoming college football season, but I do think they're making an honest effort of trying to play the season as uh, constituted. They're going to try and add games. Obviously, we talked about the Alabama game both on Sunday and Monday's editions of the podcast. That edition will be great. I do like the fact that as well yesterday, he talked about the fact that, you know what, we're probably not going to have a full 12-game schedule. That's similar to what I talked about yesterday. I feel like most programs around the country are probably maybe going to play 10 games this year at the very most. That could be obviously shortened if COVID-19 rears its ugly head and really becomes a bigger issue than it already is. And it's a big issue, trust me. But I do like the fact that Tom Homo, he's kind of forging ahead and saying, you know what, we're just trying to get better each and every day. Additionally, he did address the validity of the reports out of Alabama regarding the game against the Crimson Tide. Here's what he had to say with regards to if those rumors, excuse me, are valid. Well, I, I know that the media has a lot 
of things on their hands. There's no games right now, so they have, they're very active. So there's been a lot of communications, a lot of conversations with people. You've got to look at it this way. It might take me a year, year and a half to put together a schedule normally. And when those two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, announced that they were going conference only and opened up games, you're talking about trying to get – it's not just me, but most of those athletic directors – and coaches that had their games canceled had to all of a sudden start sprinting. So I've had a lot of conversations with a number of people. Some have been reported from their side. And uh, I think that they'll continue uh, today and tomorrow and until this goes to the point where we're playing football. There you go. Tom Homo neither confirming nor denying the fact that BYU may be playing Alabama and you also heard him talk about he's had heard him talk about that he's had multiple conversations with other athletic directors. As I have talked about, and I have friends who have also talked about this on their various media platforms, I, I, and most of them are out there if you want to go find it. But BYU's had discussions with programs both in the Big Twelve and SEC extensively. Essentially, the way I understand it is that BYU will talk to anybody and everybody who has an opening on their schedule that might be able to help out BYU, and they're willing to discuss the terms of what it might take to schedule a game. Like I said, I think BYU is going to put together a schedule. Who knows if it's ultimately played, but they are doing their best to put together a solid schedule to replace those five Power 5 games. Alabama, in my opinion, would replace two of the Power 5 games that BYU lost on its own. You get one or two or more of those games, a caliber of an Alabama. Man, you might be overscheduling a bit there, but even if you were to get maybe a mid-tier Power 5 team in either the Big 12 or the SEC, or maybe even the ACC by extension, that would be a fantastic addition to the BYU schedule at this point. And obviously, there's still a long way to go with regards to how the schedule ultimately will shake out. Who knows what the Mountain West is going to do? The Mountain West announced yesterday, along with the Pac-12, that they're postponing their media days, which were scheduled for next week. So, so many unanswered questions right now when it comes to BYU football and their upcoming schedule. But I do know this, and I will report this. You can take it to the bank. Tom Holmo and the BYU Athletic Administration, they are doing everything within their power to put together a schedule that will be as solid as they possibly can make it with such short notice as they've currently had. But Alabama would be great. It'd be a great start, but I expect there'll be some more rumors coming out there. And I do like the fact that he said, well, those reports are coming from their side. Well, hey, Tom, here's a report for you. BYU's in negotiations with Alabama, and they're fairly far down the road, and I, wouldn't expect, I would expect that an announcement could be coming at any point. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, final thing I wanted to get to here on the podcast today is that how ESPN is helping BYU with regards to scheduling games this fall. Is the worldwide leader going to help out BYU? Well, here's what Tom Homo had to say. ESPN is a partner of ours. We have a great relationship, but they're also a partner of many. They're also talking with the other broadcast companies about how this all fits together. You know, particularly in the spring or particularly in the fall when you're looking at a shortened schedules, perhaps maybe reduced number of fans in the stands, if any. And they're trying to just make sure to see where we are. And I, I really appreciate it. I got a great call on Saturday from one of my friends at ESPN that said, how are you doing? You all right? We're, we're with you. Just keep going. I asked a few questions about strategy. He did likewise. And we came out 
I, it was a positive conversation knowing that BYU can move forward with these various possibilities out, out of our hands right now. There you go. Tom Holmo talking about the relationship with ESPN. And it's not surprising to hear that ESPN is working in concert with his other broadcast entities who are out there, namely CBS, Fox Sports, and to a lesser degree, some of the regional sports networks. They're all trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle that doesn't have all the pieces right now. And I think it was good to hear him talk about the fact that he talks with somebody from ESPN and they said, hey, keep moving forward. They're kind of getting on the same page, understanding where each one's coming from with regards to the strategy of how BYU's probably going about their scheduling. ESPN's probably looking at it saying, okay, if you land a team of the caliber of Alabama, well, guess what? We're going to put you in a primetime spot. I can guarantee you that. I like the fact that Tom Homo, he's very vague in all of his answers, but I also like the fact that he does give you little gems amidst all of the stuff he says. And you have to kind of look for it. You have to hunt and look between the lines sometimes and really dig out the meaning of it. But it looks like BYU is moving forward and things are going in a positive fashion for the Cougars. And that's a positive. So we'll have more comments from Tom Homo later this week on the podcast. We'll dig out some more of that and talk a little bit more about it. But I do like the fact that he did speak to BYU Sports Nation and did share some updates on what's going on with regards to BYU and their scheduling ahead of the 2020 football season. All right, we will wrap things up here in just a moment with the best Cougars to have worn the number 45 and the number 44. I didn't do it yesterday. I apologize for that. We'll catch up here in just a second. As I have mentioned to you guys, we're going to be giving away some BYU Nike gear. I have promised it to you guys. This week, we'll do the first of our giveaways for that gear. If you guys want to be entered into the giveaway, make sure to leave us a rating and review, particularly if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. We want five-star ratings. I don't want any of this four-star rating nonsense. I also want a thought or two of you from you guys about what you like about the podcast. Leave us a sentence to what you like, what we can improve. I don't care what it is, but leave us a comment and you'll be entered to win on the podcast and be happy to share with you guys some of this BYU gear that I've collected over the past few months. You'd be surprised how much stuff I just pick up just going to yard sales and that type of stuff. So we got some good BYU gear, Nike gear to boot to give away to you guys. And if you want to be entered into that, like I said, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you like about us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we wrap up a Tuesday edition of the podcast, need to catch up on the player countdown series. I apologize first off. Yesterday, I just completely spaced doing the player countdown series. I was so excited to get to our conversation with our good friend Brett Sionce here from the Pick 6 previews and also talking about the Alabama game that I just completely spaced it. And when I got done with the podcast, I posted it and it was all ready to go. And then a little bit later on, I'm like, did you talk about the player countdown series on that show? I'm like, No, you did not. So we're going to catch up right now with two groups. And the finalist groups for both of these are some of the best athletes to have gone across BYU sports in their history, both of the football program, the men's basketball program, and in the case of number 44 today, one of the best, if not the best, BYU women's player in their history. So let's get to it. Number 45, our finalist today went both BYU men's basketball and BYU football at number 45. Finalists for this group included former BYU stretch for Jonathan Tavernari, former BYU running back Harvey Unga, former BYU big man Sean Bradley, and former BYU linebacker Rocky... BYU linebacker Rocky Beagle. And as you would expect, Harvey Unga, who at one point was a leading rusher in BYU football history, had he been able to play his senior season in a Cougar uniform, likely would have set a record that probably would have still stood today. I thought it was unfortunate and just downright awful that he had a senior season taken away. I don't think it should have been taken away, but 
we can quibble about that another time. But the fans very much rallied in favor of Harvey Unga to the tune of 82.4% of the vote going in favor of BYU's former star running back, currently the BYU running backs coach with the BYU football program. Uh, Jonathan Tavernari with 5.7% of the vote, Sean Bradley in second place with 8.6%, and Rocky Beagle with 3.3%. And when I was talking about this, looking at number 45, I don't think you can take it away from a guy like Harvey Unga. Sean Bradley, had he played his entire career in a BYU uniform, you recall, he only played one year actually at BYU before coming home off a mission, deciding, you know what, I'm going to jump into the NBA and nothing against him. He made a ton of money in the NBA, had a pretty good career, all things considered. I know a lot of people think that he was dunked on his entire career, actually blocked more shots than you would imagine and made a buttload of money while he was at it. And good for him. But Harvey Unga, Truly a fan favorite, a legend for BYU football fans, gave his heart and soul and still continues to this day to do so with the BYU football program. And an easy selection today is the best Cougar to have worn the number 45 in their history. Now, number 44 is a different story for me because the finalists for this group were great players in their own right, but it was hard to pick a favorite. And I'm looking at this, I, I don't, I'm not sure where I'm going to go here, so we'll talk about this, but our finalists, former BYU center slash forward Steve Trumbo, former BYU center Trent Playstead, former BYU women's, women's basketball star Tina Gunn Robeson, and also former BYU linebacker Rob Morris, the freight train himself. Now, a lot of you are BYU football fans, it appears, because Rob Morris, very much in a firm lead on this with just over 73% of the vote currently. Trent placed it in second place with 15.6%, and Steve Trumbo with 3.3%. Tina Gunn-Robinson coming in with 7.8%. And I'm not going to lie, guys, I love Trent Playstead. I love Rob Morris. I still have actually one of the freight train whistles that they gave out when he was making that, uh, what was it, a Buckus Award push? It wasn't the Heisman, I know that, but he's making a push maybe with the Nagurski Award way back when, when he's playing for the Cougars in the late 90s. He went on to have a great career in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts, winning a Super Bowl, and uh, spent some time on the staff at BYU as a graduate assistant, has been a trainer here locally in Utah uh, since his playing days ended, but I love Rob Morris. I have no problem with that, but Tina Gunn and... <laughs> But Tina Gunn-Robeson is my pick today as the best Cougar to have worn the number 44. I know that might sound like heresy to some of you guys, but some of you guys may need to get schooled to the game a little bit about what Tina Gunn-Robeson did in a BYU uniform. She was stellar during her career for the Cougars, just absolutely lit it up. She has her number 44 jersey hanging in the rafters in the Marriott Center. She averaged, listen to this, 27.3 points per game. Yes, 27.3 points per game and 14.7 rebounds per game, not just for a season, for her entire career, y'all. She's BYU's all-time career leader in points with 2,759. Tyler Hawes, who was one of the great scorers in BYU men's basketball history, just for reference sake, has 2,720 points while also playing 30 more games than Robeson and actually having a three-point line. I'm telling you guys, Tina Gunn-Robinson is the best player to have won the number 44 in BYU history, and I'm not sure it's even close. She also has the records for rebounds by women's basketball points in a game with 56 at one point. A scoring average, like I said, of 27.3 is an all-time leading record in BYU women's basketball history. She led the nation in points in her per game in her 1979-1980 senior season with an average of 31.2 points per game. She's also a two-time All-American. I'm telling you guys, 
I can't pick against Tina Gunn Robinson, but freight freight train Rob Morris is an easy second selection, I feel like. So I know I might upset some of you making that pick because the fan vote went fe- heavily in favor of Rob Morris, but I'm not going against Tina Gunn Robeson because she deserves everything that's coming to her. And I think she should be more recognized for what she did in a BYU women's basketball uniform. Think about that. Averaging almost 27 and 15 every game, your entire BYU career. Yeah, that's legendary status and an easy selection, number 44 for myself right here on the Player Countdown Series. All right, we'll talk about number 43 tomorrow. Some fun people in that. Uh, We'll be talking about David Nixon, one of the great BYU linebackers during the Bronco Mendenhall era amongst the finalists. You guys will be able to vote on that. Go to Locked On Cougars on Twitter. Make sure you vote in the player poll each day. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Search us out as well, at Locked On Cougars. As I mentioned earlier, my personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. All right, final note for you guys. If you want to weigh in with the show anytime, our email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Have a great day whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all staying safe, being smart. Wear those masks when you can't socially distance. That way we can all crush this curve and have sports back in its entirety this coming fall. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Whenever you hear this, we'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 21st, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.